Film runs through our veins and continuously makes us interact with it. I'm your host, Edward Frumkin, and this is Real Print. In this episode, contributor Jonah Desno and I dissect the overlooked yet essential highlights playing in this year's Toronto International Film Festival. Some portions are recorded on Zoom, so bear that in mind when you hear the audio and enjoy the show. During the discovery section discussion in this episode, I referred to Joseph Amenta's Soft through its former title repeatedly, which is Pussy, and that we did not know that it was going to change as we recorded a bit too early, and we want you to keep that in mind when we talk about Soft, and we are aware that the former tile has historic roots in misogyny and can affect many people's lives and and it has been used as a derogatory label and we needed to give you this contextualization of this talk and it's my fault to record it a bit too early because I did not know Joseph would change the title to soft and I really hope that you understand my use of the former title throughout this discussion. And here is part one of the 2022 TIFF Festival preview. Thank you very much for coming to a rare two-parter of Real Print, Jonah. My pleasure, Eddie. Happy to talk Toronto with you and Sean, but not Sean today, but... Yeah, and contribute to that conversation. Yeah, as uh, Sean and I, that Joan alluded to, we discussed in part two the TIFF special presentations, gala, primetime, and Midnight Madness program. In this part one of the two-parter vessel preview, me and Jonah will do most of the other programs that uh, Sean and I did not get to in part two because Toronto. International Film Festival has 200 feature films and approximately 40 to 50 short films in its line of the most um, since 2019. And we're going to start off with a few shout outs in the short programming as I really am excited to see rest stop from Crystal Caiza, a past 25 new face as she did documentary shorts, edge comb, and uh, see you next time where a lot of characters are in different landscapes and environments. And she's going to a narrative debut in this film as it follows a young Ugandan American girl getting new understanding life as uh, she, along with her mother and brother, are traveling from New York to Oklahoma. That's a film that I really can't wait to see. And another short program that I can't wait to see is Matthew Rankin's Municipal Relaxation Module, which is uh, about a com. It's a comedy film about big dreams and humble ambitions of a man who's very exciting for a bench. And there is also a film from 
director Olivia Peace of Tahara, a feature-length Jewish queer rom-com that had Rachel Santa play that quad cinema earlier this year. And they brought up a good four-minute animated short called Against Reality as Peace uses AIR generation tools and immersive sound design to bring viewers into a border space between dreams and waking life. Then other shorts that I'm also excited to see is Dimitro Sokolitiki Subchuk. I'm sorry if I mispronounced her name, but he's the director of an upcoming New Yorker short, Liturgy of Anti-Tank Obstacles, as it's about a group of Ukrainian sculptors and metal workers shifting their efforts towards a very different kind of output than the solemn religious statuary that otherwise fills their workshop in, during this time of uh, war. And that's all I pretty much have. And like, I, oh, I want to give one more shout out to Sophie Ramvaris of Pumpkin Movie, Still Processing, and Norman Norman with her upcoming short, It's What Each Person Needs, where through a series of phone calls in which Sophie caters to emotional needs of members of two very different demographics. Actor Becca Willow Moses serves as the center of Sophie's latest film, which is a blend of fiction and documentary like Pumpkin Movie and her other shorts. And those are all I'm very excited to see. What are you like, oh, what do you like about this? And we can then move on to Wavelengths. Yeah, you mentioned um, how big TIFF is in Toronto. Um, and I just like the diversity that you're seeing in all the different shorts and that you're going to get into the other categories. Um, I think this year is going to be more of a science fiction poll um, from Toronto. And you kind of see Toronto lay off the groundwork for not only the award season, but also kind of where we're seeing the direction of a lot of cinema going. Hmm. Um, and with some of the funds you mentioned, especially for science fiction, international competition i think i think that'll be interesting to watch with the shorts to see what gets to be a bigger movie or what's going to indicate the future um way of what we're going to see mm -hmm. yeah that we do see a lot of the sci-fi stuff that olivia's doing in their film and i know that crystal is going to make a return to nonfiction with her upcoming debut feature Creative Capital supported Doc the Gardeners about the, the gatekeepers of uh, Black Sanitary in Bowles, Oklahoma. Like, I am excited to see where Rest Stop will take and her future career in fiction films, which I won't be surprised if it gets into Sundance as her previous works had a world premiere either at BAMS and the Fest or Chicago, but the Sundance didn't rule out the world premiere type status that many festivals require and allow the, these two films to be in Sundance. So I expect the rest stop to be in Sundance. And uh, like now I really want to get into wavelengths where there is uh, Joao Pedro Ro Rodriguez, Willow O the Wisp that will serve as the opening film of the current program. And it was for the New York Film Festival and it was a uh, doc Fortnite, oh, director's Fortnite category at cons which is about uh, 
um, about King Alfredo being transported back to present day and goes through a colleague and falls in love with instructor Alfonso. I, I know that he does a lot of stuff within surrealism and uh, about queerness. And I know that he did a film a while back called, uh, um, let me get to that. Oh, To Die Like yeah. a Man and The Last Time I Saw Macau. So I, I'm excited to see yeah. that. Do you want yeah, to I think that'll be an interesting one. I think if anyone likes something that's more off the beaten track, and like you mentioned, surreal, um, you know, Pedro Rodriguez really is a filmmaker for you, where all of his stuff truly is unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, a couple of years ago, he came across The Ornithologist, um, which was a retelling of a famous Catholic priest. Um, not really too familiar with my Catholic beliefs, but the one that talked to animals. And the ornithologist is that, but um, a lot more queer themes deeply embedded in it. Um, no subtlety in any of his work, but it's very interesting and unlike anything else. So if you want someone a little strange, um, I encourage you to dive into his filmography. Mm -hmm. And speaking of strangeness, let me just look into the nature of humanity and animals is Lucian, Cassian, Taylor, Samarina, Paravels, De Humani, Corpores, Fabricoages, looking to inside the human skin. Like if you see Leviathan or even Canva, you already know the type of territories that these two directors that are heading. And I'm also excited for Unrest from Cyro Shoplin, as Unrest is about the a 19th century narrative told with high contemporary style and rigor. And it's about um, a famed anarchist, Pator Kropotin, arriving in the lush valley on a map-making mission, but quickly swept up in the struggles of women workers advocating for liberation in the face of increased industrialization and the there's already the New York Film Festival selection that will be in current, which is Queens of the King Dynasty, which is about Star, a newer diverse teen in a remote small town who following a suicide attempt has deemed unfit to live independently and goes through the many trials and tribulations of uh, negotiating with social workers and with doctors and I can't wait to see where it goes after um, Ashley had her debut Werewolf Play at TIFF six years ago. And I want to mention a couple shout outs in the shorts that are in Wavelengths, which is Angel Matsumitnax's Bigger in the Inside, the director of North by Current shows, a great essay of cosmic, space, extraterrestrial, and also of flirting and showing love videos on YouTube. And there's Tiffany Sia's short film. I'm getting the name of it. Like, please hold on folks as it's slowly loading. What Rules the Invisible, which follows 20th century footage of Hong Kong 
footage shot by Travers with her mother's inherent reminiscences of the city's Japanese occupation and in the comment on its more recent takeover. And there's Pablo Mazzolo's The Newest Old, which goes a which confronts the cityscapes and their surrounding environments in 35 millimeter as it takes place across Detroit-Windsor border. And Fox Maxi's Fighting Looks Different to Me Now, which is about the, the director traveling through the, the towns and indigenous lands that is now known as San Diego County. And they did a lot of great work about land and uh, confronting um, prejudices that's in their works, Mott Means Land and San Diego. And is there any other wavelength stuff you want to talk about, Jonah? Yeah, I think pacification is an interesting note to work at. Um, I'm not really familiar with the director, Albert Sierra's work, um, but looking at the description, it's a political thriller um, about a French high commander in French Polynesia. And that's just not really an area or too much history that I'm familiar with, which always catches my eye whenever I'm scanning through festival programming, um, just to kind of give a different point of view, which is helpful to film in general, just to kind of watch something. Um, you have to keep your guard up, but kind of discover and learn new things you haven't seen before. Um, and this one is stated to have a aesthetic of weary and dread the entire time, and even promises to have um, a new cinematic language um, that it's introducing, um, that it kind of calls it shot that says it's gonna go down in film history and that you'll know it when you hear it. So that is something that I'm keeping my eyes open to um, mm -hmm. and see how it plays with the structure in ways that you don't see before, which is kind of another joy of festivals when you get to see films like that. Mm -hmm. That's so great to hear. And I think I'll give a couple more shout outs in Wavelengths. Concrete Valley from Antoine Borges, which is a complex portrait of care set in an immigrant community. And in the center of the film is Rashid, a former physician from Syria who has settled in the area of Thorncliffe Park with his wife, Farah, a former actor and their young son, struggling with his current position in life and seeming eager to escape his marriage. He proves himself a man capable of bitter derision and gaslighting as often as generosity and support. Like, I can't wait to see how that turns out as Gorgeous Priestley did the movie Fall to appear. And last but not least, before I move on to Discovery program, which is a dis Discovery, is Dry Ground Burning from Joanna Pimenta as Dry Ground Burning centers on sisters, Chaitara and Leah, leaders of an all-female gang that refines oil draw from an underground pipeline in their makeshift facility. And they sell gas they make to working class motokiros, motorcycle delivery riders who depend on to survive in their Sona Sente Favela. Like I enjoy these two films about care and family relationships and now I really want to get into the discovery program, if you don't mind, Jonah, as discovery. Please do. Yeah, discovery is an acclaimed program at TIFF for those who don't know as 
it has a lot of great works of first or second feature length directors. And you're going to see uh, great debut and sophomore features from several filmmakers that are on the rise. And the opening night film to begin in this program is Elegance Bratton's The Inspection that has Jeremy Pope in his first theatrical film starring role where he goes through the Marines and has to test his masculinity and to pass that straight across several people. And it's an autobiography that's based off of Bratton's own life after being uh, living in the streets for a while before joining the Marines and to where he is right now. And I just saw the trailer of that movie and I can't wait how Pope always reconstructs what a leading man could be, whether that's in theater with Carboy or the, um, the other musical that I'm forgetting the name and Hollywood on Netflix. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. Uh, um, no, um, I, there was a movie that popped out to me that I wanted to mention. Um, it's Chandler Lavax. Um, this is going to be his feature debut. He's a Toronto uh, native himself called I Like Movies. Um, it's the, his feature, uh, it's a funny, touching, and empathetic look at film and a self-obsessed teenage conundrum pursuing his dreams um, and testing his personal connections in the early 2000s suburban Ontario. Um, another one of those Torontos um, kind of born and bred, so you have an audience that's with it, and it's supposed to be a bit of a parody of The Christmas Carol, but with an indie movie aesthetic. Um, that, that you just get in front of the crowd. Um, can get a lot of love and a lot of praise with the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I really can't wait for that film. And there's going to be another film playing in Discovery from Natalie Portman's spouse, Benjamin Billy Pied, as it's his film is Carmen, which has Melissa Barrera of In the Heights and Palmasco of uh, this year's selection, After Sun and uh, the Lost Daughter, where they go through a retelling of the opera Carmen. Like I can't wait to see how Ben works in the film world after doing stuff in theater and ballet. And there's Davy Chow's Return to Seoul, where a woman that was born in South Korea and raised in France by adopted parents returns to South Korea to rediscover her birth parents. And uh, there's also going to be um, When Morning Comes, one of Toronto's and Canada's own directors, Kelly Fife Marshall, creating an emotional directorial debut as it's about a young Jamaican boy going through the feelings of his dead father while he and his mom are moving to Toronto. And just want to mention Kelly Fife Marshall you know, I've not seen her works, but I'm really wanting to see her short Black Bodies one day, as well as others that speak to several experiences of her own life as uh, Fife Marshall made Black Bodies in response to uh, Airbnb racist target attack that went viral. And along with her and the 
other people that she was going to the Airbnb. They all three of them made that short Black Buys a play at Black oh, at Tiff two years ago and Sundance last year. And she is becoming like one of the biggest writers that in the country that I'm hoping that she will not go through the the American border like Xavier Dolan or Denny Villeneuve. Like I hope that she can stay much in the Canadian ecosystem like Adam Egoyan. Yeah, that is very interesting. That is that is something to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is there any other films in Discovery that you're wanting to share? Um, another one that caught my attention was Snow and the Bear. Um, it's Selkin Air Guns. Apologies if I got that wrong. Um, she is the writer director. Um, it's about a young nurse working in a remote Turkish village must reach um, within herself to uncover what takes to survive in harsh conditions set in these like snowy turkey roads. Um, and it's supposed to be a metaphor for setting in that, um, for a setting that's becoming increasingly hostile. So another one of those political metaphors, um, similar to pacification that I mentioned earlier, another kind of geopolitical um, thriller in a few ways that I think is gonna educate a lot of audiences for a part of the world that you might have open eyes to already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one last film I want to mention in the Discovery program is Pussy, which is about three queer Toronto kids whose friendship is tested over one pivotal summer di- by divided loyalties from director Joseph Amenta. And you uh, know that title can always grab people's hands, like you don't n- know what to come out of pussy, no pun intended. Yep, you're right. That's when you scan it through, scan it through the catalog. That's always going to be one that an eyes and mind might gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are all great. Like I know that we can't go through every single one, but. I, I just hope that uh, we don't unfortunately not see, mention these directors' names, but uh, it's very great to see this program getting a chance to see directors getting a rise in the biggest stage where not it won't be the main slate or special presentations or gala, but having a dedicated program for first or second feature-length directors is always great to see no matter the genre it is and now we're going to go to the docs program that is playing at tiff and the overnight film of the program is sasha jenkins lily armstrong black and blues as jenkins previously did the music documentaries Tang of mike's men and bitchin the rick james doc lily's Louis Armstrong is about the eponymous Louis Armstrong, and there's also going to be some documentary now episode premiering at the fest, as well as the highly anticipated Laura Poitras, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, The Falls Nan Golden, and her investigation of the Sacker family. And there's going to be a couple more biotype documentaries like. Buffy Saints Mary carried on from Madison Towns that follows the eponymous legendary indigenous singer songwriter. And uh, 
cases Susanna from Sebastian Lifschultz that follows uh, cross-dressing men and trans women finding temporary refuge, community and joy, gathering at a house in the Catskills in the 50s and 60s. And one last shout I want to give in the TIFF Docs program is In Her Hands, that's executive produced by Hillary Chelsea Clinton that follows Afghanistan's youngest female mayor, Zarifa Jafari, after months leading up to the Taliban takeover in 2021. What other docs are you excited to hear? And what do you think of the ones I mentioned? No, I think you've highlighted some really good ones. Um, and you're really the doc guy on this show. Um, I don't know anyone who has an eye and a finger on what's coming out doc-wise as well as you. But one that really jumped out to me was Free Money. Um, it's by Sam Soko and Lauren D. Uh, Filippo. It's a timely doc chronicling the consequences, both intended and unattended, of when everyone in, Ken in a Kenyan village um, was offered basic universal income by a U.S. organization. Um, this is a topic that you're kind of getting see brought up, especially around uh, COVID-19 and like quarantines around the world of basic universal income. Um, and this documentary is supposed to be a very interesting case study of seeing that come, come to be in a community. Um, so I'm very interested in this, just kind of see the message that the documentary shows, what looks good, what's bad. Um, Cause I think it's gonna be something that's gonna be an even larger um, topic um, conversation to kind of see in other countries and possibly even the world one day. Um, so it's always interesting to go back and have something examine it early on. So I think that's one that I think people are gonna be interested in because the concept's just interesting and it, it's one that I think could be very powerful. Mm -hmm. Any other ones? Um, another one that caught my eyes was Maya and the Wave. Um, it's by Stephanie Jones. Um, it's about a world champion Brazilian surfer um, who kind of, one of those documentaries, a sport doc um, about how she overcame, obviously, the obstacles of the sport itself, but the um, chauvinism that's also in competitive sport um, surfing in Brazil. Um, those are always the docs that kind of grab you in, um, give you someone to root for while kind of investigating kind of a deeper underbelly that might not be what you'd like to see in a world of competitive stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think I want to give a couple more shout outs before we go on to Contemporary World Cinema, which is Mark, Fleischer, Mark Fletcher's Patrick and the Whale that follows marine videographer Patrick Dykstra exploring the underground, uh, underwater world of whales. Um, theater of Thought from Warner Herzog after he did another crafts and volcano documentary that premiered Sheffield. He keeps going at it with this other one that discovers the human brain as he shows what is what why we're fascinated with this device and this apparatus and can't wait for that one. And my imaginary country from veteran director Patricio, Patricio Guzman of uh, the Battle of Chile from the 70s. He is turning his gaze on the social outburst sparking Chile in October 2019, which is a gut-wrenching and 
beautiful account of the country and the events that have happened there at the time. And like those are all great job that Tom Powers and the other documentary programmers have looked in seeing these type of documentaries. And like, especially that in my imaginary country, which is Guzman's account of the Estolido Social, a series of mass demonstrations, demonstrations that grew from secondary schoolers in Santiago protesting public transport fairs and spread across the country, building to a social outburst, the likes of which a country had not seen before and whose dimension repercussions are hard to overstate. Like, I really can't wait for that doc. And now we really want to get to the biggest program in part one before we move on to part two, which is contemporary world cinema, which is the best of cinema across the world where there won't be as much US-based or Canadian-based films in this selection. And there's already gonna be some New York Film Festival selections like RMN from Christian Mongeau's which is about the Transylvania being gripped by xenophobia and uh, migration when uh, uh, nationalism, nationalism when migrants from the East arrive for work and after son about a father and son duo who get a father and daughter duo who get mistaken for brother and sister from Charlotte Wells and EO from Jersey's Golimowski, uh, who won the shared jury prize in Cannes this year, which follows a sentient docky around the circus. And those are all three great films to kick off the Contemporary World Cinema program. And what other films are you excited to see? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think this is a big year, especially for international films uh, about with science fiction. So one is Life um, by um, Kazuka, uh, oh, sorry, um, by filmmaker Imar um, Begazin. Um, apologies for getting that wrong. Um, it's a modern fable about the meaning of life and what matters, told through a story about a tech company that digitizes memories, but suffers a cat catastrophic data loss. Um, another thing, the stills from the film, just like very, very bleak. Um, and so it's, I, I don't know what you would call, I guess it's not necessarily, I, I guess, a not so distant future, um, kind of with this impulse to kind of capture all of our memories and like our abundance on technology and a very subtle and almost like nightmarish visual of what if that goes wrong. Um, I think that's going to be a very interesting concept that could have some traction that people look out for. Mm -hmm. Um, another one was Godland, um, by Hel Helmnir, um, Paul Mason. It's about a Danish priest, um, uh, facing a harsh environment and his own prejudice when he is sent to an isolated, exotic, Icelandic community, um, as a critique of the colonizer ethos. Um, always interesting to kind of see that fish out of water story told through a critique of colonialism. Um, 
typically always when you go to a new location like this, visually the films are something that's always engaging um, where the story and messages can also pack a bunch. Um, and I think that's gonna be really good for, for the festival. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And I want to mention Maru from Terry Pa Kahi, which is a film that has Cliff Curtis of Training Day and Fear the Walking Dead playing a Maori police officer torn between his obligation to his community and his duty to his badge when New Zealand police raid an indigenous community accused of harboring a domestic terrorist cell as the film inspired by actual events and uh, the Toronto International Film Festival has done a great job in highlighting a lot of stories across several indigenous diasporas and uh, that they do a lot of good job showing a lot of great Canadian stories that uh, many U.S. film festivals and some in other countries do not do the best at. And I also want to mention the hotel from Wang Jiaoshai, which is about uh, a pandemic story of individuals trapped in the claustrophobic environment facing not only challenges imposed by the pandemic, but also the test of faith and human nature. And I can't wait for that one. And like, I'm happy to see a, a comedy that's in this section, which is Sean Garrity's The Last of Sex, which is uh, about a married couple making wild attempts to recapture the magic of love in their relationship. And I think one last shout out for me before I hand it off to you, Sean, is We Are Still Here, which is an anthology film that has several directors from New Zealand and Australia, such as Beck Cole, Dina Curtis, Tracy Rigney, among others, where in response, where they craft an 90-minute anthology in response to the 250th anniversary of an historically celebrated colonizers invasion of their lands. And it's a great film about reclamation and to revision a history where it was not colonized. And is there a couple more films you want to give a shout out in the program? Yeah, absolutely. One that um, caught my attention that's kind of seems like it's going to have a bit of a lighter feel because in festivals you can get some more of the heavy dramas is uh, Matt Schmuckler's Wildflower. Um, it is a his narrative feature debut um, about a young woman coming of age caring for her intellectually disabled parents kind of while seeking her independent life. So a formula that I'm sure you've seen many a times with the coming of age um, and a young woman finding her own, but seems like it's going to have a few twists and turns to kind of make it different. And what was very interesting is that um, Smuckler um, had his documentary debut called Wildflower that won the Audience Award for Best Documentary at the National Film Festival. So I have to do a little bit more research to see if this fictional um, de debut is based off of the documentary. Hmm. Wow, that's cool to hear. Like that it must be it should not be a coincidence that you had the same thing. <laughs> but I 
want to mention two more films before we have to end part one, which is Bones of Crow, which is from a film from Mary Clemens about the life of Cree matriarch, only spirits that spans generations, and Coyote from Catherine Jerkovich, as it's a sensitive and compelling rumination on the tricky nature of family. And one last film I like, I hate this is the final film, but we can't speak on forever, which is, uh, I'll say, Plan 75 from Chia Hayakawa as she brings a subversive debut that unveils beauty and dignity of human life as found behind the benevolent facade of a dystopian society. And uh, like, there's just a lot more sci-fi films. There's a lot of uh, discoveries and exploration and observation tales that is in the program. And uh, what are some final thoughts you want to mention in these five programs, Jonah? Oh, I mean, it's Toronto. It's, it's one of the biggest festivals. This really kicks off this kicks off the end of the year. This kicks off a lot of cinephiles favorite times to be paying attention to the news and what's coming out. So I think what we highlighted today is a lot of um, films that might not have the lesser big push that you're gonna see with the special screenings, um, but always have a lot of heart and a lot of new voices and new messages that I think people really need to look out for. Because. Um, mm -hmm. Cinema is getting back. Cinema is growing stronger. You've seen a lot of new voices. And I think I think we see that in this year's selections as well. Yeah, I do see that too. And unfortunately, this is the end of part one of this very special TIFF Vessel preview. And that's today's Real Print. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Real Print. This episode's music includes Continuum Mutation, courtesy of Kama, and Shimmering by Rafa Orchestra, courtesy of Epidemic Sounds. This episode is co-produced and edited by Anish Katu and Edward Frumpkin. Please check out this episode's notes and links, as well as reviews, award and seasonal predictions, and essays written by yours truly at realprint.org. That is R-E-E-L print. Dot org. This is Edward Frumpkin signing off.